you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. Creative Pep Talk helps you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with Creative Pep Talk and my creative work by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you, where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. All right, okay, here you go. Here goes nothing. We're gonna do the last episode, the last monologue episode, if you will, in the Creative Destiny series. We have a guest lined up that uh, I'm not gonna reveal just yet that's gonna be part of the series, and I think that will cap it off. And uh, I just wanna say thanks for indulging me. I've had a lot of positive feedback about the Creative Destiny series, and I felt like it was a little bit risky because it's just it's kind of self-indulgent in that um, I'm all about it. That's how I see my life. I see my world as this epic hero's journey battle thing. And uh, that's how I like to view my creative career. And I think it's a bit ridiculous, but I, I thank you for going on the journey with me and all to all of you have who have uh, reached out and said that you're loving the series. Thank you very much. I'm glad that it's hitting home. All right, let's go to the title of today's episode. Are you using the universe's most powerful secret? That sounds extremely epic. And I bet you thought I was exaggerating. I bet you thought I was just being silly, tongue in cheek, ridiculous, or just trying to get you to tune in. But guess what? I meant every single word. 
I really, truly want to believe, no, I don't want to believe, I believe that this, the topic of this episode is central to the universe's uh, every fiber of its being, and uh, that using this force in your work is paramount to a successful, thriving, creative career. And here's how I'm going to explain what I mean. Uh, <laughs> it's with this equation. All right. One plus one equals three. Now, when I first wrote that, I, uh, it reminded me of the Spice Girls song, which is like, when two become one, which is a, of another persuasion. It's a different vibe altogether, but I imagine Spice Girls growing up into their midlife, and you know, they're having babies now, and they update the song, and now it's one plus one equals three. When two, when two become three, and I hate to break it to you, if you're not familiar with the whole birds and the bees thing, I'm not gonna go into the explicit details here on the show about exactly how that happens. Um, I'll try, <laughs> try to keep it clean, but suffice it to say, when uh, two people um, get together they can create a baby, a third person. That's not, <laughs> we're not talking about that process today. That's not the, for, the greatest force in the universe that I'm referring to. Uh, here's what I mean by one plus one equals three. And uh, it's, it's an idea that I hear a lot of spiritual teachers talking about and a lot of physicists talking about. When I see that overlap, I always uh, listen in because those are my favorite uh, kind of cross-section of information. So here it is. It's the phenomenon of emergence. And what does that mean? Emergence is when smaller things interact with each other and the way that they interact create a new entity, that they become a different entity by relating to each other in a specific way. And that relationship, that force is the most powerful force in the universe. Relationships, I'm letting the cat out of the bag. Relationships are the most powerful force in the universe. Things' ability to relate to one another. Everything in the universe is built on that principle. And this is what it means. This is the emergence principle in, in action. Uh, the idea is that subatomic particles, let's say you've got an electron and a neutron, I think could be a proton. Sorry, physicists. This isn't perfectly technically accurate, but the illustration will do the trick. Let's say you've got the neutron and the electron. Two separate entities relating to each other and those that one neutron and one electron come together to make three things because when they relate to each other they're not only a neutron that's one and an electron that's another one they're also an atom so subatomic particles come together to create an atom atoms come together to create molecules molecules can come together to create all kinds of things that can create cells those cells can come together and emerge into a tissue and the tissue can come together to emerge into organs and organs make up entities bodies animals you 
And even what you consider to be you, physicists would say, that conscious mind that refers to itself, that's self-aware, that conscious state that you consider to be one thing, that you-ness that is you, that's an emergent phenomenon of neurons relating to each other, firing next to each other. And all of those relationships of neurons, that vast complex body of relationships emerges into one thing that you call yourself. And then you could take it even further that people congregating together can emerge into greater entities. That's what we call corporations or companies or churches or countries. And they can take on their own personalities and they can accomplish things as a unit that the individuals cannot. Right? And I want to suggest that if you're not tapping into the power of relationships in your life effectively, intentionally, spending time and energy and effort building relationships around your creative work, you're missing out on the most powerful, uh, explosive tool in your utility belt, Batman. And we're going to get to Batman in a little bit, but before we go to Batman... Let's go to Power Rangers. So in Power Rangers, this is what my whole episode is based on Power Rangers. And here it is. In Power Rangers, there's, you know, Rita. Uh, Rita, (laughs) actually, I don't even know if her name is Rita. I feel like maybe her name is Zeta. Zeta? Zeta? Zeta sounds like a kind of of pasta. (laughs) I I actually seriously don't know. Please tweet to me. I don't want to look it up. This could just be an interesting conversation. Which is the name of the person at the beginning of the first seasons of Power Rangers who's the ultimate bad guy? She's like in a space station. I think her name's Zeta or Rita. And Rita just doesn't sound like a bad guy. Sounds like a woman down at the local bar. Um... But no offense to any Rita's. You don't have to drink if your name's Rita. Anyway, Rita is up there in the space station. And when she sees that the Power Rangers in their individual forms uh, are not kicking or they're they're kicking the, the monster's butt. So if you're not familiar with Power Rangers, this monster comes on the scene. The Power Rangers start fighting the monster, kicking his butt. And then eventually, Rita has had enough and then zaps the monster. And the monster turns super giant, like as tall as a skyscraper. And at that time, we get the Power Rangers version, version of emergent phenomenon. They call the animal mechs into play, these like vehicles that look like dinosaurs and uh, those dinosaurs come together like Voltron into a giant robot that looks like a regular robot and that robot kicks that giant monster's butt and that just happens over and over and here's my suggestion here's my intuition uh, and my perspective I think in the creative world in the creative industry whether it's music film uh, writing visual art, whatever it is, I believe that Rita has zapped the industry into the most giant 
noise monster that the world has ever seen with the internet. These worlds have become so saturated and so noisy that the only way that you're going to break through and kick that giant noise monster's butt is if you tap into the most powerful universal force that there is called relationships. And it and I'm not just saying that you got to come together and create a collective and create a, a team that's going to kick this career's butt. I mean any way that you can invest time and energy and effort into your relationships and the way that they relate to your creative work will be paramount for a thriving creative career su uh, success. And, and uh, in this episode, I want to dive super deep into the various ways that I think you need to be investing in the relationships as they relate to your creative work. Let's do it. Okay, so the first thing, uh, the first way that I think relationships are a major player in the success of your creativity is in the form of development. If you are not relating to other people in your industry in, uh, in real significant ways, then I think you are missing the opportunity to fully develop your creative work to the highest potential. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, I think in science, it's expected that you are going to learn and take influence from your peers in the world, right? Like the scientist that's like, look, I don't want to copy anybody. I don't want to be too influenced by anybody. I'm going to dig a hole and I'm just going to start on square one, first equation. I'm going to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to invent, not reinvent it. I'm going to invent the wheel for the first time. I don't want to look at your papers. I don't want to look at your uh, equations, all the things that human history has made up into this point and what's currently being asked by our industry and what new, uh, you know, what things I can learn from my peers. I'm going to start at square one. I'll in reinvent the wheel somewhere along the way. I'll figure out the equations that say we're not at the center of the universe and that we're revolving around the sun. And then I'll slowly but surely work my way up to gravity and then hopefully I'll get to the theory of relativity and all that jazz. Obviously, there's no possible chance that that person will work through very much and that the way that science works is that you're standing on the shoulders of giants, right? But in art, I feel like with copyright laws and the way that we've kind of developed our idea of intellectual property, which I believe in to you know a healthy extent. Um, but I think at some point we have created this idea of the lone genius, right? And I'm not the first person to point this out. Lots of people have pointed this out. But I think so many creative people refuse to be part of a bigger movement within their industry, refuse to take influence and learn from their peers. And because of that, they never develop to their full potential. And I've seen that for me, the, the students in my class, you know, that are in college or whatever, um, when I was teaching at that level, the people that were in that class, I could always tell the ones that would have success 
uh, or, or I could bet on that would be most successful were the ones that were relating clearly to a current movement. I don't mean a trend. I don't mean like drawing cats or something like that. I mean a clear substantial critical mass of movement within our particular industry. And they were caught up with it. They were passionate by it. They were learning from it and they were adding to it. Those are the people throughout human history in the art world, in my opinion, that really consistently create good work. Not the lottery winners, but the people that consistently over a lifetime consistently contribute. Um, and uh, those are the students. I can tell, like if a student is super, super into a movement, even if it's like maybe a little bit too much, those are usually the ones that learn enough to go really far. Austin Kleon calls, uh, well, he doesn't call it. He talks about this all the time. It's called Senius. And I think it's uh, a thing that he took from Brian Eno. You see that relationship and that, that learning from each other? He talks about it all the time. There's a blog post that I'll put in the show notes about it. But Senius is this idea that there are no lone geniuses, there are seniuses. And it's not the uh, scene of a lone, it's not, a, it's not the genius of a lone person. It is the genius of a senius, meaning a scene. And that the people like Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen and the Beatles and all of these people, they come out of collective bodies of people sharing ideas, relating to each other, you know, uh, riffing off each other. And I think if you're not doing that, you will never fully develop to the highest potential. And I think there's especially a season in the early parts of your career where this is really, really important. And I think you kind of ebb and flow in and out of that season as you go. Uh, and so ask yourself, are you letting things stop you from ever being part of something greater than your art, uh, than your own personal genius, your own personal story? Uh, because I think if you let insecurity and ego and all that stuff uh, stop you from learning from others and relating to others in your work in that way, that you're not going to reach your full potential. Okay, so the first one was the development of your actual work. The second one is in your marketing. Are you using relationships? Are you using the power of relationships in your marketing? And I don't mean it in a gross way. I mean it in a mutually beneficial, uh, pure, vibrant way that, that is beneficial to everybody and that um, serves you and everybody else that's involved in ways that um, are exciting and fun and energizing and positive and creatively stimulating. And uh, if you're not using the power of relationships in your marketing, I can tell you right now, you are not reaching the full potential. In my opinion, um, I would say that if you look into the marketing world, there's only a few types of marketing that are really having any explosive 
power these days, right? Like at some point, billboards are kind of has been, you know, there's, uh, you know, commercials kind of come and go. There's all these different ebbs and flows into what's working in the marketing world. And one of the only thing that's, that's working anymore in the marketing world is influencer marketing. Now, one of the things that's kind of a quandary of mine is these mar- these so-called marketing experts seem to have a terrible time marketing their ideas because every name that they give these new ideas sounds like the grossest, worst thing that you could ever be a part of, like branded content influencer marketing. Are you an influencer? Uh, Things like that. Or, you know, a group of marketers getting together and sharing ideas is called a mastermind. Like, man, could you... That is not good marketing marketers. Come on. I hate the term influencer marketing, yet... You don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because it's a it's a signpost that says that one of the only things that's worth a darn uh, in this world in terms of spreading ideas is connecting with other people, overlapping your network with other people's network for mutual benefit. Uh, and I think that in the art world, we have a much nicer word for this. It's called collaboration. Uh, it's called friendship. It's called connecting with other people. And if you're not doing it and getting, uh, collaborating with one another, getting into each other's networks, even online on Instagram, if you're not working with other people and getting exposed to their networks and you're exposing other people, um, friends of yours to your network, you are not reaching your full potential and not just with marketing, not just in spreading and and making money, but just in, in thriving. And so, uh, I love this idea of, uh, in my creative pep talk book that I just put out through Chronicle books, there's a page by Jen Masari, who's a friend of mine. And it says, make friends, not contacts. And uh, I think not only is that a critique of, you know, gross networking, but it's also elevating this idea of relationships and how paramount it is to the success of your career. And if you're not out there making friends with people in your industry and in your market, you're not going to reach your full potential. And in that same way, think about it like this. When... um. Have you ever had anybody come up and introduce themselves to you and really try really hard to be your friend? That's a hard sell. Like, that's tough. You have to really perform extremely well in that situation to have a chance of making a real connection with that person. Yet, it's so much easier to become friends with friends of friends. If it comes through somebody that you trust, it's going to build in trust with that future person. And I'm guessing a lot of the most important relationships that you've made over the years have come through other people that you trust. In the same way, you know, back in my English days when I lived in England and I went to a bunch of concerts when I was a young buck, I went to uh, Sufjan Stevens, I went and saw one of his shows and the opener was this new kid on the block called St. Vincent. And uh, it was one of the only times where me and my friends were like, 
I think the opener could just keep playing. Like, this is blowing our minds. And she was just playing guitar. You know, she was doing the stripped back kind of set for the opening set. And she was just tearing it up, blowing our minds. We were right in front. And we instantly went out and got her album. And we've been following her ever since. Ever since. And uh, you definitely need to be using the power of the opening band in some regard. And the last thing I want to say on this point is that it's not about climbing a ladder. Now, that can be cool when it works out, you know, when one of your heroes gives you a leg up that you couldn't have had any other way. But that's few and far between, and often it's not as powerful as you'd think it would be. That's, that's kind of like a shortcut to success. And if you know anything about this podcast, you know I'm, the op- I'm all about the opposite of the shortcut because the shortcut ends up uh, c- kind of cutting your legs off in, in the race because you that sounded really gruesome and I didn't mean it like that. But uh, it kind of a shortcut can end up being a long cut because it can give you short-term gain but hurt your long-term goals and your lifelong career. And in my experience... The most powerful collaborative relationships, especially in terms of marketing, don't come from reaching out to my heroes and trying to ride their coattails. It comes from looking around to people in my market, people near me that are like me in a similar position to me, showing the same kinds of achievement and the same kinds of untapped potential, looking at those friends of mine, making friends with those people, and then investing in those people in ways that other people aren't willing to do. So for instance, when I was just graduating college, me and my friend made a zine, right? We made a zine together because I believed in him, he believed in me. And the same goes for future collaborations. And those collaborations of Connecting with people that are right in the same position of me and just sharing networks, sharing efforts, and then even just this power of me plus them plus the entity that we form together maximizes your potential for having your work spread. So don't worry so much about get, you know, you're probably never going to make real deep friends with your biggest heroes. And if it does happen, um, that's great. But the people that you should be investing in the most in terms of um, helping your work spread and spreading other people's work are the people that are right alongside you. And if you invest over them and over a lifetime, that turns into all kinds of interesting things because those people are, are the people that want to passing you jobs. Those people are the people that are out there spreading the news of your work more than anybody else. It's your peers. And so you've got to start building those relationships however you possibly can. All right. So the third and final point that I want to make of the power that relationships have in your creative career is just moral support. People to be there to cheer you on, to go on the journey with you, to celebrate with you, to commiserate with you. Uh, All of that, they're extremely and profoundly important. And uh, the way I want to talk about this is my note says, Lego my ego, Batman. And what I actually mean is <laughs> uh, <laughs> let go of the ego, Lego, Batman. And uh, this is the idea that 
what are the things that end up stopping you from having relationships with other people centered around your creative work? I think there's things like ego. I think we don't want to collaborate sometimes because we want all the success for ourselves. We want to be celebrated as lone geniuses. Sometimes when you get in those relationships, you start to question how much you're really adding to the equation or you question how much they're really uh, putting into the equation and it just becomes really messy with your ego, right? It also becomes, uh, it feels risky because sometimes you get in those relationships and you get conflict and, uh, and you get to show your true selves and you feel like you're going to be known for being an imposter. Like there's a billion things that you feel like you're risking every time you get into a relationship and then your insecurities all come out and uh, come to play. And those are the things that I think stop us from connecting with others over our work. And if you've seen Lego Batman, I don't want to, this is a spoiler alert, so be aware that Lego Batman is all about how Batman works alone and Batman's really lonely. And in order to save the day, he's got to have his own emergent phenomenon and become the Bat family. He's got to come together with these friends, he, uh, Robin and uh, Batgirl and Alfred. They got to come together, together to to form the super team to defeat the Joker. And uh, my favorite line on that film, <laughs> I love Michael Sarah as Robin. I just, uh, I think he was the best fit in the world. And he says, um, he's, he can't walk because his pants are like getting in the way. And he says, uh, he, he rips off his pants. So he just has like the little underwear, super Superman, uh, brief job. And he's like, uh, he's like, all right. <laughs> he says, uh, now I'm free. Now I'm moving. Come on, Batman. Let's get grooving. And that Michael Sarah goofball voice. And uh, that's just my absolute favorite. Um, anyway, on the subject of Batman, all of these things, the ego, the risk, the insecurity, those are all the things that stop him. He's afraid of if he gets in these relationships and he lets people in, he might get hurt. Uh, in some way. And so he keeps people out. And I want you to take the lesson of Lego Batman and let go of the ego and uh, let people in. You know, one of the things I see when I'm working with creative people, you know, one of the one of the most powerful things for my MFBA online class where we're kind of doing an intensive group of 10 people working together and um, really looking at each other's work and, and diving down on a kind of deep level, one of the phenomenons that happens, a lot of phenomenons happening on this podcast today, uh, one of the ph phenomenons that happens is they all start out in this very insecure, anxious place, not all of them, but a lot of them do. Uh, you know, and then they leave the class with a lot of confidence in being legit and being pros. And the, and the reason that happens is because um, this idea that we often think that hiding from rejection is going to be the solution to our insecurity, that we're having this insecurity that we're going to be rejected. And so our answer is we're going to hide. 
from that rejection. You know, if we believe that we're maybe not up to snuff, we're afraid to get into relationships with people in our industry because they're going to see through us and critique us and hurt us and find out that we're imposters and we're not really legit. And so we hide in our little corners and make our little work and put it up online. And uh, all the while, that hiding from rejection is what breeds the insecurity. And so what op often happens in the MFBA is they find out that hiding from rejection isn't the solution for insecurity. Being seen and accepted is. And the only way to get rid of that insecurity is to get your work out there and get in relationship with people who can actually see it and tell you how they really feel about it. And it's one of the most essential parts of having real relationships in the industry, not just, uh, you know, random uh, little cool man on dribble or whatever. Um, you got to have deeper connections so that you're really, so you know that you're seen and that will start building your confidence as a pro. And, uh, I keep thinking about this idea of, I heard this quote, I don't know where it comes from, but it's that if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. And uh, I think about this sometimes. I think about, you know, I, ha I got married and had a kid and we end up having like so many kids and uh, after, right, right when we graduated college. And sometimes, you know, I, it crossed my mind. I wonder what I would have done had I not met Sophie. How would that have changed my creative career? Just kind of out of, um, you know, just a passing thought. And sometimes I think maybe... I would have been able to focus all of my time and energy on my creativity and I could have gone really super fast and I go and go through all these seasons way faster with that little overhead and that much attention and time and energy poured into the creativity. But one thing I really, really believe is that maybe I'd have more creative awards, but also possibly more personal failures. You know, if, if I let myself be completely obsessed with work only, how would that have affected my relationships to my brothers and sisters and my uh, parents and my own relationship to other people? Like, I'm pretty much certain that if I went that fast, that I would probably have burnout. Maybe I would be more celebrated by this point, but who would I have to celebrate with? Right? Like that's another thing that I've realized about these relationships. For me, my wife is the most important relationship in my creative career. We have gone on this journey since day one, since the day we graduated college. We've been in this together and it's, it's created this layer of meaning, uh, this bonding between us because we've been through the ups and downs together. And so when we have the win, we celebrate it at home and we both feel it. And, and we own it together. And it adds this layer of meaning that there's just no other way to have. And, and that layer of meaning then turns into motivation that lasts a lifetime. And sometimes I think maybe I would have blown up quickly, but burnt out completely. And uh, if I would have been able to use every possible resource on my own, maybe I would have gone really fast, but I would have gone so fast that I would have burned out and got sick of it and packed it in. But with the people in my life, these relationships, I've been able to slowly and sustainably 
pour into this thing over time with those kinds of supportive relationships. Um, and so even in Creative Pep Talk, I feel the urge to start involving more people in it so that I can have a team to celebrate with so that we can go further, not faster. And uh, who are the people that are invested in your life and in supporting your creative career? You need to give those people time and energy to have the maximum results. All right, so this is the last leg of the episode, and I just want to give you some homework, some call to action, something that you can actually take this information and do. And the main thing I want you to take away from this is to take all that effort that you're pouring into your creativity and take a slice of it, take a portion of that time and energy that you're making stuff and pour into the relationships around your creativity. And so here is my call. I want you to do one of four things on the back of this episode. Maybe you need to give a leg up. You know, it's not all about climbing all the time. And in fact, it's very little about climbing. It's more about investing. And one of the things that's really easy for you to do, but is really powerful to someone else is to look back at somebody who was in the position that you're in, that you were in three or four years ago and give them a leg up. Connect them with somebody. Go on Twitter and retweet someone who's just starting out. Go support them. Go give them an encouraging note. Send them an email. Invest in those relationships with the people below you, so to speak, in your respective industry. People that are just getting started or people that are not as far as you down the path. That's a way of investing in a relationship. Or maybe it looks like wrangling a peer. For me, I went a few months under a, uh, under a rock in a cave after the pep rally. I was so tired. Someone related it to the pep rally was like giving birth and it was traumatic and I just needed to get away from people for a while. It was amazing, but it was so exhausting. So I went into hiding for a long time and it took me a while to actually come out of that. And then last, this past week, I connected with two peers of mine and we just hung out for uh, a few hours, talked shop, helped look each, look at each other's work and what we were doing and just give each other feedback and encouragement and it just breathed new life and it gave me some answers and some clarity that I wouldn't have had any other way. So maybe one thing you got to do, just reach out to someone who's in the same position as you, even if they're on the other side of the world and maybe just Skype with them or go to coffee and just both look over what each other is doing and help out. Last one, maybe it's reaching out to someone ahead of you. And one thing I want you to think about, if you're going to reach upwards and you're going to try to reach to someone who is further along than you, I now when you're reaching backwards and you're trying to help give someone a leg up, that shouldn't require that much effort from you because it should be easy for you and really beneficial for them. Now, when you're reaching up, I would think about it the opposite way. Really take the time and energy to craft a really nice email. Really take the time and energy to deliver as much value and competence as you can and reach out to someone who is in a position that you would like to be in in the next couple years. Maybe you need to reach out to a possible mentor. 
the last thing that I'm going to suggest. If you're not already doing it, get to your most local meetup that you can possibly find around the creative industry that you're a part of. Even if it's only vaguely related, getting in those relationships will give you creative energy. And the more related to your industry and market that you can get, the more powerful those relationships will be. And so go scour the internet, go find out when people like you are coming together in a city or a town near you, even in your town. When I lived in Columbus, Indiana, all of the meetups and all, I was on a few like uh, board of directors and teams with like the museum and all kinds of stuff. And those relationships were vital to getting jobs and vital to my creative energy level and my creative compass. So no matter where you live, go find where creatives near you are meeting up and put yourself out there on a consistent basis. Here in Columbus, we have this amazing thing called Rise and Design, uh, and it's put on by Daniel Evans and Yao Chang. Um, and it is phenomenal, and we do it once a month, and a lot of the creatives locally get, get together, and we just talk shop. And after I leave that, I'm always over the moon with energy. Not that I pretty much go to that place most days, but in those days, I have this particular cocktail of caffeine that we've drank at the meeting and uh, just all this energy from hearing about these people's stories and talking through things that we're going through. And those connections uh, are just completely and utterly paramount to the success uh, uh, of my career and their careers. And so maybe you need to stop what you're doing, finally go to that thing that you've been putting off, uh, and maybe it's even a conference. I'm telling you, conferences are a game changer. Uh, I started going to conferences in 2014, and now I am sold. So get to something, any event that you can get to with like-minded people is going to be rocket fuel to your creative career. Get it done. Dudes. And that's a collective dudes for both men and women. Uh, <laughs> it's all inclusive here. Uh, thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening to this series on Creative Destiny and sharing it to the ends of the earth. You guys have been more enthusiastic than I ever would have dreamed. Every person I talked to about Creative Pep Talk in the past couple weeks is talking about the Creative Destiny series. I didn't know how that was going to go down. It was just deep within my soul, and uh, I'm glad I listened to that. You know, for me, the Creative Destiny series is about this idea of being on your path. I'm always kind of, you know, trying to figure out who do you listen to and who do you don't listen to. Who do you not listen to? Uh, because, you know, a lot of people are telling you what to do and uh, you got to create a filter um, for what's relevant to you. Maybe not right or wrong, but just, you know, which things are going to apply to you. And I'm always trying to listen to people who seem like they are at the heart of their journey. They're on their path. And that distinction is make or break for me in this whole series is about the journey to find your journey, if you will. And uh, I hope that it has helped you and enabled you to start working down that 
groove that path. Uh, find your groove, get your groove back, maybe. Um, <laughs> and I hope that it's been effective in that. Um, big old thanks to Yoni Wolf and his band Y for the theme music. Big shout out to Nate Utesh and his band Metavari for making this uh, podcast sound gorgeous with all the other tunes. You can find them at soundcloud.com slash Metavari. Hey, Alex Sugg is the producer of the show and he's making this thing sound gorgeous as well. Go check him out at alexsug.com. Thanks, Alex. And uh, thanks to all of you guys and the Patreon backers that make this show happen. Don't forget to go check that out, patreon.com slash Talk, where you can give any dollar amount you'd like per episode of Creative Pep Talk. Thanks to you Patreon backers because uh, this relationship, I-O, that you, that you and I are having is uh, emerging as this thing called Creative Pep Talk. And I feel like it has a bigger life than me. Um, I have giant visions about how all of this can grow um, in the next years to come and in the future. And you guys are the people making that happen. And that's really special to me. So thanks for letting me be a part of that. Go check it out at patreon.com slash Talk. And until we speak again, stay pepped up. Stay pepped up.